On today's episode of the Huddle Up Draft Podcast, Nick is hosting with Carl joining in from Mobile, Alabama with coverage from the first day of the Senior Bowl. This podcast was recorded on the evening of January 23rd. Things may have changed since then. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up draft style. I am not your normal host, but I figured since Carl's the star today that I'll take over hosting duties. And this is Nick Kendall talking. And Carl Delmer's joining me from Mobile, Alabama. Really excited. Just got there today. It's been a kind of a hectic time getting there. How you doing, Carl? <laughs> I'll be a much happier when I get my suitcase. That's my last thing. <laughs> but no, it's it's been an awesome day. One, two, one for the ages, I would say. Broncos country, if you ever get the chance, because this is, this is the cool thing about the, the Senior Bowl. Fans can go. You can go to every single one of the practices. You can't go on the field with all the media, but you can go. And people hang out in the stands. John Elway, Gary Kubiak, they were sitting up in the stands. I saw a guy go up there at the football, get an autograph, and I'm like, can I go do that? And at one point, I was up in the stands, and for 20 minutes, I was standing next to Titans' new coach, Mike Vrabel. Didn't even realize it. That's, I mean, everywhere you turn, there is somebody new. John Lynch was at the very entrance. That was one of the first guys I saw uh, as I pulled up to the Senior Bowl. So it was just a whirlwind of a day. Oh, my goodness. So much fun. And getting to watch football again, I love it. I miss, I miss some of the football, that, that meaningful football for Broncos. And the Senior Bowl is meaningful for the Broncos. So, yeah, it's been, like I said, it's been a great day. That's great to hear. And there was a little bit of a question about you getting down there. I don't know if you want to go into too much detail with that, but getting down there was definitely a, an adventure in its own right. Yeah, I had uh, three different flights canceled, and I had one, my main airline decided to put me on a different airline, but they messed up in the booking process and booked me on a different airline. And so then both airlines couldn't find me in their own system. And then at some point, my hotel reservation got lost. So did my car rental got lost. And then I had to spend the night in Dallas. It was just, oh my goodness. I got like two hours of sleep before I got here today. So I am running completely on coffee and adrenaline right now. But I love it. Love You're not much of a sleeper of anyway, are you? No, no, I don't really like sleep. So I guess this whole week just fits perfect with me. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you made it down there. If you're joining us for the first time today, the Huddle Up 2018 Draft Show is all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos as it relates to the upcoming NFL Draft. With Carl and myself being Draftaholics, we'll be bringing you fresh insight and analysis each and every week in every single episode. We're actually going to be bringing you multiple episodes this week, a little bit shorter format, so Carl can kind of give the 411 on what he saw in practice with the Broncos and the other practice as well. Make sure that you are following Carl on Twitter, at CarlDumblerMHH, for the latest information. He was live-tweeting the practices today. And follow myself as well, because I will retweet everything that he says down there so I can live vicariously through him, at NickKendallMHH. If you have any questions or anything like that for either of us, please feel free to reach out to us. Make sure you're also following at HuddleUpPod and at MileHighHuddle for all of our latest content on MileHighHuddle, 
which is an affiliate of CBS Sports Digital Network. We know your listeners are as football and draft crazy as we are, so please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes, as well as Stitcher. And don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So as a call to action, please take the time to go to iTunes or Spreaker to rate us and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. Well, Carl, I guess we got to start today with the the South practice because they went first. And I am curious, you know, just going to be pretty informal here. What are some of the guys that really caught your eye that stood out when the Texans were on the field today with the South team? So the player that impressed me the most was James Washington, wide receiver of Oklahoma State. He ran incredible routes. He caught everything that was thrown to him. I mean, it just, there was not a football that hit the ground when the ball went to him. No other receiver can say that for, for either side. Wide receivers are dropping passes left and right, both practices. But James Washington, he was just so impressive. He's got long arms. I think he measured, what, 34, 35-inch arms? Long arms, but kind of short. Right, he's five foot ten, something like that. But hey, if he's got those long arms, it kind of makes up for that difference a little bit there. And so yeah, he was very, very impressive. His teammate, Aitman, was kind of a different kind of impressive. He didn't get a lot of separation. He didn't always run the best routes, but he still seemed to catch everything that he possibly could that was thrown his direction. So he's going to be a good possession kind of receiver for a team. But I, I don't know. I think it's that maybe Mason Rudolph wasn't the reason that they were successful. They were going to be successful no matter what quarterback was throwing to them. So that, that would be definitely a couple of the guys that really stuck out to me. Another guy to really keep an eye on is Kylie Fitz, defensive end of Utah. He was the... High energy, high motor, high everything. I mean, this guy was just 100% every single play. Even if everybody else is going like 50%, this guy's going 100%. Oh, my goodness. He was just in the backfield. He was destroying people left and right. Uh, you, you had asked me earlier how Alex Capo was doing. Alex Capo was doing really good until Kylie Fitz came against him. And then he struggled the rest of the practice after Fitz beat him that one time. And I don't know. I just – I. I need to watch this kid a lot more because he, he's got something special if he can stay healthy. And another name that I don't think many people have talked about because he's a small school guy, Jacksonville State, Saran Neal. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you are, and Eric's a big fan. Okay, well, th- there's good reason. I was sitting with a few other people in the stands, and every single time we'd sit there and say, was that number five again? And finally, one of us had to look up who is number five. On the, on the practice field, and it's Saran Neal. This guy, he was just flying around the field. He was never out of position. He never got faked out. He was, seriously, I'm not sure a catch was made against him today. He was just that good. So definitely a name to kind of keep an eye on. I'm, I'm excited to see if he can continue that from one practice to the next. And But yeah, just very, very impressive guy. And I can't wait to see what he does next. Those, are, those would be the guys from the South practice that really – Marcus Davenport, like a football player. He is athletic. He is built. Everything looks easy to him. I think that was part of my problem was it looked like he wasn't given full effort because it just looks so easy. Yeah, absolutely. A couple other guys that I was curious about that, you know, living vicariously through you guys, seeing some names prop up. Uh, one was Byron Pringle from Kansas State, the wide receiver. He's kind of an older guy, but a down-the-field 
a player that has some good ability to jump in the air and agility as well. Did he impress you today at all? Yes. Yes, he is another guy at the wide receiver position. He had a couple really, really nice deep balls that he tracked right on his hip pocket and then had that just a little bit of explosion. I don't know what you'd call it. I wouldn't say he pushed off, but he ahead. I don't I don't know what you'd really call that. I don't know what that move is, but he would cause himself to get about two, three yards of separation at the last second and made a couple really nice plays. He had some nice comeback routes where his footwork was really, really good and just got himself open in a hurry. And so, yeah, another guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on. He's a little bit – he looks really, really skinny, though. He doesn't look like he's that actual 200 pounds. He looks more like he's about 185 pounds. So maybe on that the smaller end, maybe more that slot guy that you can throw deep every once in a while. But, yeah, somebody's going to be happy when they get him. Awesome. And then the last guy that I noticed myself was doing pretty well and some other people were calling him out was Stewart, the cornerback from North Carolina. Did he stand out to you at all today? I, I didn't really have any notes on him. Okay. Doesn't mean he didn't stand out. Just probably meant I was watching somebody else at that time. It's hard it's, to see everyone. It's crazy at the senior bowl practice. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> you focus on one guy and then you're missing 10 other guys. So I'll try to keep an eye out for him tomorrow. I would say that him and Saran, Neil, and there was a defensive. Oh, Kaiser White. I think those are the guys that stood out the most to me from the defensive backs from the bit that I saw. So, Kaiser but that's, White. That's is... a good transition. Yeah, good transition to the. Yeah to this North roster there with the Broncos. And I know everyone wants to hear about the quarterbacks, but Kaiser White's yeah, one that's... that I've been hyping up. And I think that he is an interesting one that potentially could be that fit for the box safety slash matchup safety that the Broncos have been missing for years. Yes. He, he was so physical. Every receiver that tried to go against him, he'd just come up at that five yard line and just shove him as hard as he could. And a couple times they actually just, I mean, they just fell completely to the ground and he, he didn't pull what I, I wrote in my notes about Hernandez, the, the offensive guard. He threw a guy to the ground and then flexed over the top of him. Kaiser White doesn't do that. He just stares at him like, yeah, I just did that to you. He's athletic. Like I said, he's physical. He just he does everything really, really well. I, I want to see him be tested a little bit more on the deep routes and see how he holds up on some of those. But on the shorter routes, he was a guy that was flying all over the field. Yeah, he's somebody that's definitely been interesting during his time at West Virginia. I'm a big fan of him. We'll get to the quarterbacks last. We'll make everybody wait for that because that's what <laughs> good people do. Good yeah, let's do. But yeah. other guys that stood out. Yeah, a couple other guys. Your boy, Wyatt Teller. I was very impressed. He had, especially one-on-ones, he was the one guy that I felt like didn't get beat very often. The, the others, there was just times where they just couldn't hold up. I thought he stonewalled his guys very, very well impressed with him Obanya Okoronkwo he said it right you did it <laughs> I said it right okay good <laughs> I'm, I'm getting better yeah one his his uh, weigh in one of the best I would say I think he was going to come in at like 220 225 tops and so coming in at 243 long arms and he looked very very physical out there he gave Tyrell Crosby fits the entire day Crosby was one of my biggest losers of the day. Crosby was just so bad with his footwork, and Okoronkwo was one of the big reasons why. He had a couple times he got a little almost just too excited and would like trip himself and take himself out of the play. 
But otherwise, very, very impressive day for him. Awesome. That's good to hear. Any other offensive linemen that stood out, specifically any of the tackles or Will Hernandez, somebody that the Broncos have been linked with due to Sean Cougar, the new interior offensive line coach? Will Hernandez did stand out most of the time. He, the, they had 11-on-11 drills twice during the practice. And let me, let me tell you, Sarah and I were talking about the Broncos' practice. I can kind of see why <laughs> I know some Bronco fans are going to get mad about this. I can see why Joseph talks about why they have good practices because it was a good practice so much better than Houston's. Oh my goodness. So much more physical, so much quicker. Everything was get to the next, get to the next thing, get to the next thing. Coaches running players running equipment guys running. It was, it was so much fun to watch, but Will Hernandez. Yes, he, he did really well, except for right at the beginning of the second 11 on 11 drills, Two straight plays, he and Crosby both got pushed back and run plays were completely blown up. He got really mad. The very next play is another run play. And that's when he did the go destroy the guy across from him and then stand over and flex at him. So <laughs> you don't want to make this guy mad. He, he's going to destroy you. And you can hear it in the, the heavy bags. When he punches them, it's a crack that goes through the entire stadium. Mm. The other guys, is kind of like a, oh, pop. His is just... Pfft. And it's gone. It's hitting the ground. So th- there's definitely a difference between him and the other guys that are there this week. Brett Toth is another guy, the Army get- kid. Pretty well. He's got really good technique. Does a very good job bending over his, his knees. He's not the strongest guy. But he's just a, a high-effort guy that I think coaches are going to fall in love with. So he, he's definitely a guy to, to keep an eye on. Awesome. A guy that I was curious about that I saw some hype on. I heard that two guys specifically, your boy Michael Gallup had a pretty good game today. Not game. Got to get in that Vance Joseph coach speak. And then uh, Shepard from Fort Hayes State was a guy that a lot of people were hyping up saying that he held pretty well against uh, a lot of those bigger school offensive linemen. Yes, Shepard had a really, really good day. He got a lot of penetration. And I had a really cool time getting to talk to him. He went to college about an hour from where I grew up, Fort Hayes State. And so I wanted to go talk to him about that. And how in the world did this guy from Canada end up in Kansas? To me for about 10, 15 minutes. I have a story coming out just on him and his story because he has such a unique story, actually. He had to quit college because he just didn't have the money to pay for it. Mm. He didn't have scholarships. He didn't have all the hype that a lot of these other guys have had. And he had to really work hard to get where he is today. So very cool kid and highly motivated. And we actually got a chance to talk to his agent even, mm. which is kind of the, the other cool thing. And uh, the, he talked a lot about him too, just a very impressive kid. But one final guy that I want to kind of hype up here. And I, I think I don't think the Broncos will be interested just because they have kind of a player that's going to be – somewhat of a similar skill set, but that's Jalen Samuels running back North Carolina state. This kid was especially in one-on-one passing drills. He had probably three times that his route running the linebacker safety, whoever was covering him ended up on their butt because he had just such sharp cuts. It was impressive. He's fast. He's quick. He's got, moves i don't know he just you get this guy in space he's gonna do something with it yeah i'm a big fan of his game if you recall i had him in my uh, all draft eligible team as my all-around I, I, offensive weapon 
Yes. And I know why yes. <laughs> he yeah. is that good. Yeah. Just, I he, would be nice if the Broncos got him, but I would be just as happy if the Patriots didn't get him because he would be scary there. He would. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to the quarterbacks, which is probably the most interesting and important part of these entire sessions, obviously, since the Broncos requested both Allen and Baker Mayfield, we want to talk to you about becoming a mile high huddle VIP subscriber and why now's the time to pull the trigger. We're running a five-for-one flash sale on VIP membership in honor of the Senior Bowl. Get five months of Mile High Huddle Premium for the price of one. The Huddle Up podcast is an extension of what we do over at milehighhuddle.com. Our approach to covering the Broncos isn't just about reporting the news. Everybody does that, and in fact, most sites stick to the newswire. What we focus on is breaking down the Broncos from an in-depth, overall perspective, whether it's all 22 film reviews, X's and O's, deep dives on player evaluation, and now, leading up in the offseason, NFL draft and free agency analysis. We save our boast and we save our best and most in-depth content for our VIP subscribers, our premium members. To become a Mile High Huddle VIP, you get access to 100% of our written analysis. Just click on the green banner at the top of the website. Click the monthly option, and you'll be locked in for five months, which will take you all the way up to almost the start of training camp. And if you choose to stay with us as VIPs, it'll only cost you $5 a month. The same as a premium cup of coffee from Starbucks that I know you're probably loaded up on there, Carl. <laughs> From there, you get access. To, yeah, exactly. You probably need that. From there, you get access to everything we produce, which includes an insider, any insider info we pick up, which is a fair amount. You know that Emmanuel and that Emmanuel Sanders information that just came out last week, quote unquote, just came out. We reported that we reported that like two months ago. Not even joking. And as well as what we learn about the Broncos, as far as it pertains to the NFL draft and anybody they've spoken with, we work hard to bring you the best Broncos coverage and analysis on the web. And we ask for your support by becoming a VIP subscriber. And now's the time for our flash sale. Pull the trigger, and you have my word, you won't be disappointed. All right, Carl. Well, the quarterbacks, the most interesting guys there. And we got to start about the most interesting one for sure. Tanner Lee. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. I mean, those are definitely the celebrated guys. And talk about a complete contrast in player styles as well. From what I saw, I mean, just totally opposite guys out there. Yeah, Josh Allen, he walks onto the field, and all you think is this guy was built to play quarterback. He just amazing. Six foot four, 200, about 40 pounds. And he, seriously, I, you see that cannon, and you begin to understand why some people are really, really hyped up about this guy. When he first started warming up, and he is like hitting the, I don't know, I guess equipment guys that are helping out just to get them warmed up. He's hitting them center chest every single time, and it's just perfect. I mean, it is getting there so quick. You, you look at it compared to like a Luke Falk who was there as well, and it's just easy to see the big difference between the two. I, I don't know. It's, it is. It's amazing to watch. But then you start getting him in and asking him to throw some timing, to throw some touch, and he is downright terrible. I don't think I saw him complete but maybe two touch throws the entire day. Everything else was fastball, fastball, fastball. And I was talking with another person about this of his receivers kept dropping a lot, a lot of passes. I mean, just about every other pass of his was dropped. They were actually pretty good throws, hit the receivers in the hands. But I think because he wouldn't be, he wouldn't take anything off it. I mean, the receiver would be like 10 yards away and he's still throwing it as hard as he can. 
he had one throw with Michael Gallup. Seriously, like it almost knocked him on his butt so hard. He has to learn to take some some heat off the football for his receiver's sake because he's going to break their hands. <laughs> it, it's I feel bad for them when he's throwing at it. He had a couple times, especially the terrible time of the sun was in the perfect position. Receivers are looking back, and all they see is the sun. This guy, Josh Allen, throwing a heater right at their head. I would just kind of duck and fall to the ground. It, it, yeah. Like I said, he has a lot of tools that you can really fall in love with. You just have to know you're going to have to develop a lot of other things and just hope that the potential becomes the reality. Yeah, that makes sense. And then on a contrast, Baker Mayfield, guy that doesn't have the athletic tools that Josh Allen has, you know, not, doesn't have the size, doesn't have the big arm. I would say Allen's probably a better athlete too, although Baker's, you know, not a slouch. He's not a statue back there, but Allen's a can scoot. That's much that much is apparent from watching him. But Baker, he's a little bit more nuanced. And I'm curious what you saw from him today. Not only how he played, and this goes for Allen as well, but how they interacted with the coaches and the guys around him. So Baker Mayfield, he ended up getting there late because his mom ended up in the hospital. And he walks onto the field. And it seems like everybody just kind of stopped and stared. And it wasn't just the media. It wasn't just the fans. It was the coaches. It was the players. And as he's warming up, like every player on the team comes over just to say hi to him, shake his hand, start up a little bit of conversation. And Mayfield would stop. He'd give him some kind of crazy handshake, whatever it would be, and laugh with them, tell him a joke, something. He was... He's just one of those guys. Like everybody is just drawn to him. I, I don't know how to describe it. There's just so few people that I've seen just have that kind of of reaction up on the field. So the that that part of his game is real. That that part of teammates love this guy is real. I mean, it's not. These are just most of these guys are not even his actual teammates that he played with. These are just guys that know something about him. And yeah, they they would come up to him, coaches. I think the coaches really liked him here in Denver. Uh, he, he was the one guy. This was probably the coolest thing that I saw about him the entire day was that when it was not his turn to throw, he would go through the motions every single time of like he's working on playing from under center because he is terrible at playing from under center. So he would work on his footwork when it wasn't his turn. The other quarterbacks stand around waiting for their turn to throw. Baker Mayfield goes and actually works on something to improve. And that's, that's something that just, to me, screams, this is a guy that's only going to get better because he's going to will himself to get better. He has a stronger arm than I ever expected. When you see it live, you actually come away very, very impressed. I, I didn't see quite that velocity before. And now I'm kind of going, I don't have any worries about his arm strength one bit. He did start off practice pretty bad. He had, he was inaccurate. His timing was off pretty bad. But once he got his timing down with his receivers, he seemed unstoppable again. It was late in the practice on 11, 11 on 11 drills. One was receiver was running a deep in route and he threw it before the receiver ever made his cut. Receiver was covered, perfect coverage. And he just threw it to a spot knowing that it would break open for his receiver. That's an NFL throw. Then he had one other one. This was the best throw of the day where, again, his receiver is kind of running a, a deep slant route. And there was a, a linebacker just kind of waiting in the middle zone. 
and then a safety playing deep, and then the cornerback covering the receiver. And Mayfield's made this incredible throw to a certain spot right between the three of them where his receiver was. The only place it could be that his receiver could catch it without it being picked off or knocked down or whatever. It was perfect. Perfect timing, perfect velocity, just best throw of the day by any quarterback on the field. Well, that's that's awesome. That's good to hear. I mean, I personally am coming from a spot now where pretty much any of the guys that are at the top of the draft or Kirk Cousins, the Broncos are going to get a chance to get one of those guys. I mean, they might have to trade up to three. That's definitely a possibility with the Colts. I mean, that sounds like that might actually be what's going to happen with some team looking to get a quarterback because odds are the Browns and the Giants go quarterback one and two. But then after that, a lot of teams want either that third or fourth quarterback. So we'll see, but I'd be happy with any of them, but it's good to hear that Baker Mayfield had a good game and, or a good day of practice. See, it keeps confusing me. It's practice. You need to get in that Vance Joseph mindset. <laughs> right, had a good practice. Right. Had a good practice. Yeah. And, and like I said, he, he wasn't perfect. None of the quarterbacks were perfect. The timing was off on a lot of throws. He had a couple that really should have been picked off as pick sixes to start off practice. Kaiser and had one, right? Who? Kaiser White had a pick on Baker. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. And yeah. so, yeah, there, there, was, there was some mistakes along the way. He is not great playing from under center for sure. His timing and his throwing is not great from under center. So any NFL team that takes Baker Mayfield is going to have to know, probably his rookie year, you're going to have to spend 70 75% of your snaps out of shotgun. Mm. And you're just going to have to build from there. Knowing that he's going to work to get better. He will work. That's not going to be the issue. But you're just going to have to know your rookie year, you're going to have to be okay designing that kind of offense. That's very interesting, especially with Musgraves, who historically has been a guy who can mold his offense to what he has, but is a guy that likes a big, powerful offensive line, a little bit more under center, and then work that play action, from my understanding. Right. right. So. But uh, Vance Joseph did say that he, <laughs> he said he hates the RPO because it is such a disadvantage to the defense. I'm still having PTSD from that Eagles game. <laughs> with the RPOs. Yeah. Right, right. He, he's just joking that he, as a defensive guy, he hates the RPOs because, yeah, they're, they're tough to def- I think he's open to it. But, yeah, I think he's hinting that he'd be okay with a quarterback like Mayfield and designing an offense around his talents and be okay. I mean, that's, that's fine. That's what you have to do in the NFL these days. If you want that first-round quarterback to be successful early on, you have to design an offense around their skill set, not expect them to come in and, hey, Come play my Mike McCoy system. Hmm. That's, uh, that's definitely a good point and interesting and something that I'll definitely be following. I mean, it's going to be interesting for any of the quarterbacks they get because you're going to have to build that offense around them. All right, well, before we get on out of here, we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Audible. Get a free audiobook download on a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. All right, well, last bit I want to get to, maybe a couple more minutes here because we're going to be doing multiple podcasts this week, so we want to keep them a little bit shorter. But what are you looking forward to tomorrow? Well, I didn't really get to watch much of the South offensive line and defensive line do a lot of work. So mm-hmm. I, I want to focus on that a little bit more tomorrow. And then with the, the North team, I want to focus a lot more on their defense. I haven't got a chance to watch more. Uh, other than the 11-on-11 drills, 
and some one-on-one drills that they did. I just didn't get as much of a chance to see that side of the football. So try to do the opposite of what I saw today and maybe get a little bit more look uh, on, the not, on the north side with uh, Harrison Phillips. He's a guy that I yes. saw him flash a couple times on the 11-on-11 drills. Jalen get a closer Holmes. look at him. Do what? Jalen Holmes apparently measured in like a Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's a few guys I want to go see. And then maybe take a little bit closer look at some of these tight ends because I didn't really pay attention much to them other than a couple passing drills. Awesome. All right, Carl. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know that you've had a hectic time. I'm sorry about the, uh, to the listeners about the, some of the quality earlier on. His bag is MIA. It doesn't mean Miami. It's just we have no idea where it's at. So hopefully he will have his mic uh, by tomorrow. If you guys find Carl's bag, please send it to Mobile by the end of the week. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. I know that you're probably going to go out, maybe meet some people tonight, or you'll probably end up sleeping tonight than do that tomorrow, honestly. Yeah, that's probably a better way for me to go. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time. I'm glad you finally got down there. I was really kind of a little bit worried about you yesterday when you were texting me, but I figured once you got down there, everything was going to clear up a little bit and you're going to have a good time. And it sounds like it. It sounds like you're a little bit, little bit fangirling about some of those guys you're around, but that's okay. I did the same thing at the Combine last year. Yeah, I, I calmed down after about, about 30 minutes. So I, you finally get used to it. You're like, oh, yeah, well, you're surrounded by all these other people. You just you got to move on and keep So, no, I – it's been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the next couple of days down here and, and getting to know some more players and getting some more, some more football in. And I just want to give a quick shout out. My wife really helped me today and doing everything that I get to do today and uh, without her because she spent hours on the phone with customer service. So shout out to my wife. Love you. Thank you so much for your help today. Also shout out to Carl's wife because she lets him spend an hour, an hour and a half with me every week and message him constantly on Facebook about draft prospects. So also shout out to you. You're the real MVP. You're the glue that holds this podcast together, but that's going to wrap up today's episode of the huddle up 2018 draft podcast, the senior bowl edition. You can find Carl on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH. Please make sure you go check him out because he's live tweeting these events. He's putting up videos. He's bringing you firsthand experience and he's a good guy too. You know, he posts some pretty fun stuff, except, I mean, he used to be a little bit testy when you'd, Give him a hard time about his boy, Paxton Lynch, but I think he's cooled down a little bit on that end. He's looking for a new boy, which soon with his article. I don't know. Do you know when that's going to drop? <laughs> I don't. It should be here in the next day or two, though. All righty. Yeah, quarterback two, Sam Darnold, right? Two after Rosen? Eh, we'll see about that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Definitely interesting. I mean, we're there at the Senior Bowl, but we're, we're fangirling over the – the young guys, the non-seniors. So we'll see how it turns out. But you, you gotta got to enjoy Josh Allen and – Baker Mayfield down there while you can. You can also follow myself on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. I'm kind of doing it vicariously through everybody that's down there and tweeting some of my takes and everything like that based on what I'm seeing and what I've heard as well. Make sure you head on over to Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of scout.com and CBS Sports Digital to find ours and our co-writers articles, not just related to the draft, but all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos. You can follow the Huddle Up podcast by subscribing to us on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher, as well as check us out on YouTube. You should also follow us on Twitter at MileHighHuddle and at HuddleUpPod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out to us as we love interacting with fellow Bronco fans, especially as it pertains to the NFL draft. For Carl Dummler, I'm Nick Kendall wrapping up this part one of potentially two or three episodes this week of the Huddle Up Draft podcast. Go Broncos and go draft. Mile High Huddle.